You knew him, didn't you? Then you had that one little feeling. But you waved it away. You should have listened to that one little feeling. Just like I'm listening to you now. You can talk to me. I'm all a friend you got. You're not exactly a department favorite. Things probably changed a lot since you left. You still got to catch him, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Not that much has changed then, right? <laughs> I can assure you all we are taking a 24-7 all-hands-on-deck approach to these cases. The guy's a shark. If he stops, he dies. He likes to drive. Probably has a decent car, maybe two. High mileage. You must really like my car. I do. How's the truck space? Something I gotta know. How's a guy with the best clearance rate in the department work 15 years without a promotion? Maybe I didn't go to the right church. When I look in your eyes, what I see, it ain't good. He knew all the details, but he wasn't within 10 miles of the killing. Why is that? Why is that? How's the trunk space? What do you want? I want to nail the bastard. For who? For all of the girls he killed. I want to nail them too. The difference is, I'm doing it for me. It's the little things, Jimmy. It's the little things that rip you apart. It's the little things that Get you caught. That was from the trailer for The Little Things. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Not Your Father's Movies. I'm Vito. I'm Mike. I'm Jesse. And we are the Dad Fathers coming at you with some little dad energy. Tiny, tiny energy. Because today we're talking about a little movie. It's it's a new release to everyone. New release fanfare. Yay! <laughs> it's The Little Things, uh, which came out yesterday. By yesterday, we're recording this on Saturday. Came out on the 29th of January on HBO Max. Uh, Jesse, this movie, The Little Things, what's it about? It's about Deke, played by Denzel Washington, a burnt-out Kern County, my my home county, California <laughs> deputy sheriff. He teams up with Baxter, played by, how do you spell his name? How, how do you pronounce his name? Rami Malek? Yeah. Rami, they Rami the Malek. <laughs> this is a very famous individual. This this just should not be hard to say. Remy Moloch. A crack Remy Moloch. <laughs> he rams a mullet. A crack LA a crack LASD detective to nab a serial killer. 
Deke's nose for the little things proves eerily accurate, but his willingness to circumvent the rules embroils Baxter to a soul-shattering dilemma. Meanwhile, Deke must wrestle with a dark secret from his past. So, beautifully summarized, this is a neo-noir crime serial killer thriller. Uh, It's written and directed and produced by John Lee Hancock. You might know him as the writer and director of movies such as The the Founder, The Blind Side, Saving Mr. Banks, and The Rookie. At least one of those is definitely a stay tuned. Leave it up to listeners to guess that one. It's starring Denzel Washington, who's an Academy Award winning actor for Best Supporting Actor for Glory and Best Actor for Training Day. He's been nominated for Cry Freedom, Malcolm X, The Hurricane, Flight, Fences, Roman J. Israel, Esquire. It uh, is also starring as like it's like a triple header which i was confused by because one of these actors is only in like a little less than half the movie but second build is is remy malik he's academy award winning for bohemian rhapsody but he is also you might know him from mr robot and i was introduced to him as a kid probably you guys as well in uh, night at museum those three movies and is also in short term 12 fantastic movie and uh, rounding out our cast list here is Jared Leto, Academy Award winning for Best Supporting Actor in Dallas Buyers Club. He's known as the lead singer for 30 Seconds to Mars, which is a, a shameful touchstone for me in the past. <laughs> and not so shameful for Jesse, I imagine. Uh, I, I w- I've been tempted to play their songs recently just because I've seen this movie. So it's not so shameful, but I don't listen to them anymore. So a little bit, tiny bit of shame, tiny bit of shame. It's one of the little things you're ashamed about. Mike, when you were a teenager and you were listening to Modest Mouse and you were angry in your garage, would you usually cue up the kill? I actually would not. I was not a big fan of 30 Seconds to Mars. That was, uh, that was what the lame kids listened to. Sorry, I was, Jesse. I was one of those lame <laughs> kids as well. I spent a lot of time yeah. like in my bedroom listening to bury me and just like break me down bury me bury me i was like yeah i feel this this means something <laughs> to be clear i i, I will listen to um, modest mouse but also good charlotte was the entryway so i'm oh. not i'm not above oh. any of this it's okay. just uh was a different different point in my life I like that. I like that. I, I, had, I also had a good Charlotte phase. It actually ran concurrently with my 30 Seconds to Mars phase. It was Makes like sense. an, I, it's like an ironic, unhappy music. I, I enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Same here. Same story. Anyway, he's also known as uh, everyone's least favorite Joker in the Suicide Squad as the bad guy that never gets his comeuppance in Blade Runner 2049. <laughs> <laughs> But he's also been an actor for just a really long time and has showed up in movies like Phone Booth, Panic Room, Requiem for a Dream, American Psycho, and uh, memory, memorably gets the crap beaten out of him in Fight Club. So, that guy. Oh, oh, oh yeah, that's right. He, he's also, uh, he's in Mr. Nobody, which is one of my favorite movies that people don't haven't really seen and don't really talk about, and they, they really should. I love that's that a, movie. Oh, okay. I, I know that cover because it's like him yeah. with like slick black hair and it's just white everywhere. Right. Yeah. The, that yeah. movie, you will never like imagine what it's about. Like you, you, you can't explain it. And you're like, whatever you think it's about, it's not about that. Hi, <laughs> I recommend here from Mike. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't know how to take that. I now know it's not about a dude with black hair in a white area. A little bit, but mostly not. It's I a really wanna, weird movie. 
I want to give a shout out to past guest Letney. Uh, this is a movie that Letney really, really loves as well. So you got something in common there, Mike. Really? He's got good taste. It's funny that you mentioned this is one of your favorite movies because you've literally never mentioned this movie to me. In years of friendship, you've never mentioned this movie to me. No, I definitely have. I know I have. Yeah, no. I, I, like, it comes up every once in a while with my wife. I'm just like, man, I need to see that movie again. That movie was just wild. She did didn't just, really like it. Did you just conflate me with your wife? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> anyway, it's so this movie, uh, John Lee Hancock has not gotten an Academy Award nomination, which is kind of funny considering he's writing, directing, and producing this project that he's had since 1990, predating a lot of the movies that a lot of people are upset at this movie for copying of, off of. But it is produced by an Academy Award winning producer, Mark Johnson, who won the Best Picture Oscar for Rain Man a couple years after this project was originally written and created um, way back when. So that's kind of all I have for our cast and crew. And I guess to just give a little note as to why we're choosing to do this one, it's because of Denzel Washington. Okay, everybody. The reason we're doing a new release on this movie is because it's a new Denzel. And every time Denzel has a new thing, we all turn out for it. We are Denzel stands here at NYFM. So much so that we have discussed multiple times doing like a 10 episode series just on Denzel. (laughs) That's why we chose it. We thought that this might be like the new crime thriller, the new crime drama, the new Denzel that we would put up in the Hall of Fame for all time. Uh, Unfortunately, it is not that. Jesse, what do you think about this? There's also Jared Leto. And if you've seen (laughs) trailers, the... The sparks flying between Denzel and Jared Leto, like on the freeway, like talking to each other, where he just says it, like in the straight out of the trailer, right? He just says, uh, he says, how's that trunk space? That's right. That was, it's like sparks were flying. I was like, this movie, like it has to be great. If it has this dynamic, that's what I want to see on screen. And that for me is why I wanted to do this movie. How about you, Mike? Yeah, no, same thing. And, and so all these actors are, are really big parts of, of my life. They've all made movies that have made an, a big impact on me. Um, I don't really know Rami Malek's career as well as the other two. Um, but one of the movies that I saw with him in it was Buster's Malheart, which was kind of a, a weird movie that not a lot of people have seen. But Netflix kept pushing at me for for like two years. So I finally watched it with my life with my wife. And we both left feeling horrible from that movie. It was just like the worst feeling movie I've ever seen. High praise. And <laughs> I don't, I'm, I'm not recommending that to anybody, but the work that he did in it was pretty freaking incredible. And so just like seeing, whenever I see him, I think of that movie and I think like, man, he's like, is he a good actor? I'm pretty sure he is. But I, I don't know. I really want to see everything that's in it, that he's in. So all three of these guys together were were exciting to me. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, it, it definitely sells itself on the strength of these three quote unquote leads. And it's pretty impressive that you're able to put up on any poster that you have three Academy Award winning actors in your movie. And it's even more impressive that it's on a little crime thriller that could to, to start like talking about the movie actually. My first impression of this is I was really excited to see this. I actually have a really funny little story to tell is that there's a specific sequence that Jesse already mentioned where they meet on this highway 
Denzel Washington is trailing Jared Leto and they have a little interaction on this highway. And I know that highway very, very well. In fact, the day that this movie was shooting on that highway, I was in, I was driving to work. I was driving to a job site. I had to take a long detour. Everyone did because they shut down the entire stretch of this highway, which is between Ojai and Ventura, California. It's, it's like a 10 mile stretch of highway. It's long. And I had to go all the way around it. And I didn't know why there was just these roadblocks detour. And we I remember looking it up with my boss and just going, why, are, why is this happening? Everyone's going around. And we found out through a lot of digging that it was for a little WB crime movie starring Denzel Washington called The Little Things. So my hype train started for this over a year ago when I had to stop my daily life and do something different because it was being made. <laughs> and that specific exit I have taken a thousand times maybe in my time here in Southern California, just so many times. And it was really startling to actually see it up on the screen. Finally, be like, whoa, that's wow. That's very close to home. So there's that story. But my actual impression of the movie itself, this is incredibly mediocre. Uh, and I say that, and I actually mean it a lot meaner than that, as in with all of this talent, the fact that you didn't manage to come up with something that was actively bad, which I would actually have appreciated more, but came up with something that was so lukewarm and dumb when it has been around for almost 30 years as a completed script is insane. Uh, I, I do not like this movie. Uh, what about you, Jesse? Yeah, oh, sorry, Mike. No, I was just going to say, I, I feel like mediocre is the worst possible um the worst possible rating you could give to a movie. Like, I feel like this didn't mean much. That's that's the worst thing that could come out of out of a movie. Yeah, I, I would agree. That that is my most damning praise. If I said something was bad, there's at least something that I saw in it that was like kind of fun or something. Like that movie's bad. This movie is yeah. like this is just uh, tepid. Go go ahead, Mike. What what are your first impressions? I mean, kind of the same, you know, I, uh, I was psyched when I saw the trailer because it's a lot of places that I'm familiar with here in Southern California. I was psyched, you know, like they go up the 14, which is cool. I, I, I know the 14 up to Palmdale and stuff and right. it's parts of California that are familiar to me. So it's always cool to see that I'm a big, I'm a California guy. So freeways get me going. Um, as I've said before, and we'll say again many times, I'm really interested in, you know, whether I should take the five to the 101 or should I go down the 405 today? The 105 is a great freeway if you're going the right way at the right time. That's all stuff that I I'm, love to talk about, you know, way too much. But yeah, man, like I, I was, I, I also felt it was very mediocre. There wasn't a whole lot, whole lot here to, to make me happy. That's for sure. So I, I first came to this movie. I watched half of it last night and it was kind of the same thing I, I for, uh, for the locations and stuff like there's Southern California and I'm familiar with that. And then it starts out in Kern County and then it flashes to a newspaper called the Bakersfield Californian. And I grew up reading that paper. I was like, Oh, <laughs> I know that um, it was really cool. Cause when does anything from Bakersfield ever get mentioned whenever it, Whenever it does, I freak out a little bit. And then you see he lives in like the worst place. I was like, well, yeah, that's Kern County. All right. Um, <laughs> um, that's, that's what I was thinking when I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah, Kern County. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Kern County. And then it's really 
it's just really slow. It's really slow, and you're not quite sure, like, who all these girls are. You're having a hard time keeping track of what's going on a little bit. And then Denzel is giving, like, half of a performance. He's giving, like, the most drawn-out dad drawl I could even possibly imagine for this character. And then I had to stop the movie because my daughter uh, threw up on half of her bed. So then I spent the rest of my night working on that because, like, I walked into a room. She, you know, she just comes at me like, Dad! With her, like, her arms outstretched. It's like, I don't want to touch you, child, but I have to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So I took care of that the rest of the night. Finished the rest of the movie today. And the thing is, between last night and today, I kept on wondering, what's going to happen? Like, I wonder... I wonder, I wonder who it is. That's what I kept asking myself. So um, for as boring as that part was to know that I was still engaged, I was still drawn into it. That was kind of a good sign. And then we finished the movie and this movie kind of ends with a dud for me. But then the more I think about it, the more I find things I like about it. So it was a mediocre ride. And I keep on finding more things that I want to dig into about it that make it slightly better. Cool. Okay. That's good. So, so with that, with that note, Jesse... I'd like to pose a, a series of questions to you. So you, would you say you liked it? I mean, yeah, yeah, but I'll probably never watch it again. It's just, I it's see. too boring. You did. You damned it with faint praise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, like I, I, I don't regret watching it, but I'm not going to watch it again. That's my verdict. And would you recommend that other people watch it? No, but I will happily talk with you about it if you have seen it. Nice, nice. On, on a scale of one to five, okay? And we can use Letney as a bridge system where he's including quarter stars, <laughs> even though it's anarchy. Uh, what would you give this? I, I want to do fifths. Can we do fifths? <laughs> five and three fifths stars, five and four I would, fifths? I would say no, but I know that Jesse's sort of leaning towards yes, so I feel like I'm going to get overruled. I mean... I want to say no. We could do quarter stars. Quarters are okay. For me, Good. though, I like for it. me, I, I just wouldn't do a I wouldn't do a solid three. Like if it was just what I experienced on the screen, I would say two, but the more I think about it, it's jumped up another one star for me, which is a three, which is a shade below like recommended recommending it for other people, but still not there. It, it, with our finally ending with our, our classic number of questions. Is this a dad movie? Would you show it to your kids? And if so, when? No, and I don't think I'll I'll care. There are other movies like this that I would rather show to my children. The younger, so the no. better, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> when they're zero. Just when they're <laughs> tiny babies. Just introduce this darkness into their lives. No, uh, this whole, like, sort of genre, I would... In, like, these sort of, like, new detective movies from, like, the past 20 years, I would probably safely do in the late teens yeah yeah i I wouldn't want to see like an infant introducing them to clarice you know um (laughs) i don't know uh mike did you like this would you recommend it i vaguely liked it i mean i i enjoyed the time that i spent watching it I, i didn't feel like i had wasted my time um completely although like you know the end i definitely was disappointed but you know, it, it was fine. <laughs> like I had a fine time. It built up. It was built up really well. I, in some ways, I, I thought it was very like trope heavy. 
I thought wasn't terribly well acted or directed, but it was fine. But uh, I, I'm never going to see it again. I don't recommend seeing it. I mean, if you if you see it, if you want to see it, if you have a, a, a night and you're like, you know what, I want to see this new movie that just came out, like, go for it. Like, don't not see it. But I, I, I don't recommend it. As far as rating, I, I think I'd put it at a solid two, two stars, a little bit below average. And then it's definitely, I mean, you know, there, there's parts of it, again, that, that make it kind of dad e. It's um, that <laughs> dad-ish, uh, dad-ish. <laughs> Make it daddy. I mean, it's Denzel, right? Like Denzel is always going to be like a millennial dad movie, I, I, I think. And, you know, it's about all the freeways in California. It's about Los Angeles. It's about areas that I consider home. But it's not something that I think is going to be a part of, of me or something that I want to show my kids. Like you said, Jesse, there's a lot more out there that does this better. Mm-hmm. Uh, that uh, that I'm far more excited to show my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I, I'd have to say I I did not like this. I would not recommend it. Not like what you're saying, Mike. I, I wouldn't actively warn people away from this movie. It's it's not. It just isn't much in my mind. And I would say if if you're really if you really just want to see a new Denzel movie, go for it. But if you haven't seen a lot of the other classics that are in his, his back catalog or a lot of the movies that have come out before this, that do this much, much better. You should just watch those instead. You know, your time is wasted unless you have already seen those things. Don't, don't start with this. Don't start with this one. There, there's better things that have that explore endings like this better that do the crime thriller, noir detective thing better. Just there's better things. Find the better things first. Star rating. I give this one and a half stars. Uh, I give it uh, a half star for the Southern California setting and the recognizable places. I give it a half star for Jared Leto in a Cracker Jack bizarro performance that <laughs> like, I don't know if it's good, but it's really fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, and the movie like lights up when he finally shows up. And uh, I give it another half star for the strange, almost incomprehensible choices that the music takes in this movie <laughs> uh, t- Thomas Newman is very is, is doing something very strange and he he is he's not known for doing quote-unquote strange things but I, when I was listening to this I was thinking of his work on American Beauty and on Road to Perdition and there's definitely some things I recognize from there and some choices he's making and they're bold and I, I appreciated those um, yeah not a dad movie uh, I'm never going to show this to my kids really for any reason for all the reasons I actually cited yeah just it's a whiff. It's a, it's a swing and a miss for me. Well, given all that, uh, I think that if you're just listening, you know, just to get our first impressions, this is where we're going to close that. We've shied away from the twists and turns of this movie, and we're going to move into a spoiler section uh, starting now. So if you want this movie to be spoiled because you don't care about it, or you want it to be spoiled because you watched it, uh, keep on listening. But otherwise, tune out. Thank you. Okay, so... I want, I want to open it up. Whoever wants to go first here about this ending. What did you guys think? I'll go first. So it was, uh, it was a big old dud. It was a big old dud because I really wanted something different. I don't know. It, it, this seemed like such a dark movie. It was, it was very clear that it was moving towards like everybody kind of being unlikable at the end and making shady decisions. And I kind of wanted that pushed a little bit. I wanted that pushed to an extreme. 
That's what I was hoping for. Instead, we get this like meteoric dud. Um, and it's just like, okay, there's the, there's a red bread or whatever. And, and then like Denzel goes back to his life. It's almost unclear why he was even there at that point. And then everybody's evil and you just hate the world. You hate everybody. And you're like, why was I along for this ride? But then the more I, the more I was thinking about the movie, the more I realized that everybody being evil at the end um, and them, because like he commits the murder. Uh, what's his face? Ram a mullet. What's his name? Oh, uh, Baxter. Was that his name? Baxter. Yeah. So Baxter, he kills Jared Leto and Denzel helps cover, cover it up. But the more I was thinking about the Jared Leto character, the more I was realizing I'm not sure if he's the actual killer. And if he's not, that sort of makes everything they did far worse. Yeah. Um, and I think the more I thought about that aspect and I was looking over other things in this movie, all I was looking over a bunch of little things, right? <laughs> little clues that they kind of indicate that there might be, there could be possibly an, an, another killer out there yeah. uh, that we see at the beginning of the movie with these boots on that Denzel is wearing the rest of the movie. He's not the killer, but he is wearing these killer's boots. And it Who's makes he? he gets, yeah. wait, no, are you talking about, um, about the boots that like he picks up from the, um, from the evidence? Cause yeah. he goes down to get the evidence. I don't think that those were the boots that the killer was wearing. I, I remember I was looking for those boots, the whole movie and the boots were black, black boots, the boots that that dude was. So, so the, the boots that the guy who was trying to kill the girl at the beginning of the movie was wearing were black boots. The boots that Denzel picks up are like cowboy boots, fancy cowboy boots. And it was from snake a skin. different crime. Snakeskin boots, right? Yeah. Yeah. It was from a different crime. I don't think he was wearing them ever. He just held on to them. I, they looked like they were, they were the same boots to me. Well, Denzel, um, Denzel it, definitely is wearing the snakeskin boots at, at the oh, end of the movie. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. There's like a close up of him when he, when he pulls, when he's bagging up Sparmer's apartment and he pulls the rug back and he's standing on either side of the trap hole. He's wearing snakeskin boots. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, in fact, um, Baxter comments on them like midway through the movie. He just looks down and says, "Nice boots." So, and remember what the what the woman says, like you can wear them out or whatever. Hmm. So, and the reason why he's wearing those boots and why they don't want them anymore is because the guy who they belong to took a plea deal, right? So they're not going to look at the blood stains on the boots anymore for whatever reason. That strikes me as very strange. But it's weird to me that there are these detectives who are so focused on Leto, they didn't bother to pay attention to what was literally like what they were literally wearing, what was literally right in front of them, which were these boots for this evidence that he uh, that Denzel was on a case pursuing. Like it was these cops so blinded by their need to be some sort of savior that they chose this guy to make the villain, made him the villain, killed him, called it a day. And it's unclear justice is ever done. That was kind of cool. It is, uh, it's actually an idea, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, it's actually something and the ambiguity of it is really fun. Like the, the idea that maybe these two vigilante cops killed the wrong guy is a cool idea. And all the evidence against Sparma is, is really circumstantial. I mean, it's clearly, mm-hmm. he's not, he's not the guy at the beginning of the movie. It's, it's a different car. It's a different look. The guy is wearing glasses. The guy is clean shaven. And uh, he has a totally different MO from Sparma. Mm-hmm. And he's not limping. Yeah. He's Sparma way... has a huge limp. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And this is it, it this this attempted killing with the gloves and the tape and everything, it's not the same. I mean, we see uh that the victim in the apartment it has her, her wrists bound with wire. You know, it's it's it, they're different killers. What what did you think of this ending, Mike? I was really disappointed. I uh, I was like, oh come on, this is the. I felt like it was the lamest cop out ending that you could possibly have had. Like even so, he sends the barrette to to Baxter, and that sort of absolves him of his guilt, right? And then you find out like, oh no, Denzel. I can't remember his character's name. Um, Deke. Deke. That's right. Deacon. Joe Deacon. Right. Mm-hmm. Deke actually bought the barrettes and sent it to him. Like, I felt like, like if they had just kept it with, he actually found the barrette, that would have been a better ending. And like, it had been wrapped up and they had been right. That would have been a better ending than this, where you don't know where it's like, Oh, it's very clear that they killed the wrong man. And like the killer is still out there, but maybe, maybe it was Lito. You don't know. The whole movie also, I felt was building up to a twist reveal where one of them is the killer's. Um, I, <laughs> when I saw the trailer, I actually was like, oh man, Denzel's going to end up being the killer. And then like halfway through the movie or three quarters through the movie, I was like, wait, what if it's Rami Malek? Like maybe he's the killer. And even then, like at the pool when like right at the end there, I was like, wait, they're describing him. Like they are describing this guy in a lot of ways. Like most of it. Cause, cause there's like the voiceover of the FBI, um, guy who's talking about like the white, the white kind of affluent single, single person sort of from the area is he doesn't fit all of the everything there, but he's a weird dude. Like, like Remy Malik is a weird dude. And uh, his wife is really uncomfortable around him. And uh, his kids are really uncomfortable. And he I, I thought he was wearing the same boots as the killer in the very beginning. Um, and so that would have been just like a wild, you know, a wild sort of like the whole movie changes because of this. And that would have been kind of cool. But that's not what happened. It's all a lie. Everyone's terrible. And there's probably multiple serial killers out there who are doing this to girls. Um, I feel like that's that's just like the most depressing and kind of uninteresting <laughs> ending to a movie I, like this, I can imagine. Yeah, it just seeing that way, just taken all at face value, then I, I think that's right. But if you take a look at it more as like the cops were wrong, they shouldn't be doing this in the first place. And you as a viewer were wrong for wanting them to kill Jared Leto because you thought he was a killer too. I thought that part can be very cool. I thought that is something I've seen sort of, I've sort of seen something like that in other movies, but it, it was a little bit of a fresh take. Uh, so I enjoyed it. If look, taken a, at that angle, I think this movie does say something. It has something there, even if it's poorly told. And also the, the the multiple killer thing and who's the killer and who's not. I think you're supposed to kind of wonder that. I think you're supposed to even guess if it's supposed to be a main character or not. There's that one part in the movie where they're going over fingerprints, right? And they say we need to get like 16 different matches on a fingerprint. And right now we have 11, so we can't like book this guy. And then another guy is like, oh, like I have eight according to my fingerprints, right? Um, yeah. And that's the thing. I think everybody has like these little points that make these little things that make them kind of suspicious. But you shouldn't go off of that. You should go for the full 16. You should go for the like a full amount of evidence in order to actually convict somebody. 
No, the so the ambiguous ending actually is I think the only thing this that and, and Leto's uh, portrayal of this character is probably the only thing this movie really has going for it. Th- this ending with this moral choice, it, it it is one of the more interesting decisions that could have happened if it had been so cut and dried. Like when they showed the barrette, actually, I was kind of annoyed. I was like, oh, so he did it all along. Now we get to feel good. And like, it was totally deserved that he got beat to death in the in the desert and got buried in a grave. Like, yes, yay, Delito's a creeper who gets sexually aroused at pictures of crime scenes. Woo, he's dead. And I liked it more that there's this idea that actually, yeah, he was a degenerate and he sucked, but maybe he wasn't the killer. I, I like that. I, I think that's the only the only thing that's at the heart of this movie that makes it anything that isn't stupid. And to be clear, it's not well done, but I don't think the movie's stupid. It's the same sort of ending. I like it when a movie leaves you with an ambiguous moral question, like uh, Gone Baby Gone. And in a similar way, like uh, Zodiac also has an ambiguous ending like this, right? That ends with spoilers, everyone, for Zodiac. If you haven't seen Zodiac, I'm giving you a chance to go to your phone and hit mute. But it ends with Jake Gyllenhaal confronting uh, who he believes the Zodiac killer to be, even though we know in history that Zodiac Killer has never been caught and maybe never will be. It, it It's ambiguous because you're not sure. There's no real evidence for him. In fact, as you're saying, Jesse, all of the, the fingerprint analysis, all the handwriting analysis, all of it comes back negative on this guy. But he's really, really sure he did it, you know? <laughs> and that's sort of what's going on here. That That's what I mean by this movie. It is aping those movies because it's coming out 13 years after those movies did, even though it predated them in existence. But if he's had all this time with this material, he should have updated it. He really should have to acknowledge that these things already existed. And it doesn't matter if you got here first, you really kind of got here last, dude. This this ending is the only thing in the movie that that vaguely works for me. You know, it's it I at least left feeling something. You know, something. Yeah, that no, that's that's a good point. Um let me just like clarify. I, I guess in general, I'd say I like, I like the ambiguous endings and I, I, I do, but I felt like this movie, the way it was, I kept, I, I kept questioning like, Oh, is this a movie where we've got a more like a, a morally ambiguous universe or is it one where it's going to be a cut and dry? Like this is a cop movie. They're, they're generally cops. And like, this is, this is going to be a straightforward. They're trying to find the killer They're you know, whatever. It's just a straightforward movie. And then I, I guess I guess what I mean is just it felt like a lot of things were pasted together from other things that were a lot better. They were like, oh, this was a cool thing that we saw here. Let's grab from here. Let's grab from there. Even just the way that the movie is is made, it looks like it's cobbled together between like, oh, gosh, I don't know, No Country for Old Men and... Uh, um, Nightcrawler and a million other things like that. Like all of these like kind of dark gritty movies. It just looks like let's take some cool shots. Let's take, let's take some, some cool shit settings from these places and put it together. And so maybe the story was great and new for its time, but then in trying to update it, they didn't actually update it. They just stole. Um, yeah, I, I, that's I do. maybe why, why the ending felt stolen. It felt un undeserved. Um, for this movie. I can agree with that. Yeah, I, I, the one other one that I wanted to shout out that this movie completely rips off, it, probably the most of all all others, is Seven. You know, it... Yeah, this, oh, of course, yes, yeah. 
almost like beat for beat down to the character interactions down down even to like there being a weathered old cop who happens to be an african-american who's like who's kind of disliked by the cops that he works with kind of like looked down on all the way over to the ending happening in a desolate location where no one can be reached and that the it's a trap by the guy like everything about this is is so directly cribbed from seven even though again it predates seven. <laughs> yeah. I wonder if there's a story there, you know, like if, if somehow whoever like the, like seven was kind of a rip off of this original story or something. This was originally meant to be a movie directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, who passed on it because of the dark tone. But after that, it sort of languished. And John Lee Hancock at the time was not uh, a well-known enough person to be able to get things off the ground. He wasn't known as a director. He wasn't known as really anybody. The difference between this and Seven is that Andrew Kevin Walker, when he wrote that, it, it became like a bidding war to get that movie because that movie has has a hook, right? It's a serial killer killing off the seven deadly sins. It's salacious. It's pulpy. Yeah. There's something as opposed to a little movie called The Little Things where you're like, yeah, so about an hour of it is the investigating and then a guy comes on. You're not sure if he's the bad guy. You really are never sure, actually. And then it kind of ends. Yeah. Meanwhile, Seven's like, and then the guy from died because of gluttony. And you're like, ooh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. So, movie, so maybe like the movie in general, like uh, Jesse, you've said a few things that you liked about it. What, what? Could you say a little bit more about that? Like, what, what do you think works about this or or what doesn't work about the rest of the movie beyond that ending? Oh, I mean, I think at the end of the day, there's more that doesn't work than does work. But in terms of what does, I just like, I like the fact that all the scenes seem intentional. Like for a movie called The Little Things, uh, I expect there to be little things, little Easter eggs hidden everywhere to indicate like who a killer is or not. And I think that's in there. I, I feel like if I dig deep enough and every time I do, I find something new in the movie. I look up different scenes on the internet. I find cool new things, um, cool new theories, cool new little plot lines that I just completely missed. Or it's, it's things like, yeah, maybe there, maybe there are two serial killers because like, if you look in the trunk of for when the first guy opens, opens it up, then you see that he doesn't have the same materials that they're talking about, like to kill those guys, like you were mentioning earlier, like, like wire instead of duct tape or the, the whole idea of the boots, like the boots, like you can watch a whole movie and not recognize what's happening with the boots or the fact that he's wearing the killer's boots. And that's fine. You will have watched a whole story, but you can go back and that'll give like a little dif a different take. So for a movie called the little things, I expected that. And I got that. And I like that. And then for things that like don't work in the movie, personally, to me, I did not like the music. The music, like it was so cheesy 90s. Like I didn't think it fit scenes sometimes. I'm just like, this is really dark. I, I feel like we're getting something a little more upbeat here. What's going on? I, I don't know. Uh, music didn't cut it for me. Also, like the, the pacing of this movie is really slow and weird. It's like bad. the camera's it's actually bad. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. The pacing is bad. The way the camera, like, it changes multiple times in one scene to the point where it's hard to figure out what's going on in the scene. That's bad. The, the um, editing like on the that whole... three-way conversation is, like, it's garbage. It's garbage. That whole yeah. scene is like, what is going on? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, I guess that's what I mean when I say this is a poorly put together movie. If this was in, I, I've, I feel like this sh 
this was in capable hands. It's just like people kind of half-ass a lot of it. And if they had just given their all, I think this could have been something decent in this genre. And what we have is something like sub-decent with a lot of little Easter eggs hidden around everywhere, which I like. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, um, I mean, I'd probably say about the same thing. I, I do, like, there's a part of me that's like, oh man, I wonder if you could figure out who they they want you to think the murderer is. Which is like, I don't know, maybe that's the thing that I'm most interested in is like, do they want you to like know that there's someone because it's called the little things. And the quote comes up like a couple of times where it's like the little things are what catch you, which is why I thought one of the the cops was going to be the serial killer. Because like, like Denzel says, it's the little things that catch you. Like he's afraid of getting caught by the little things or like he's going to catch Remy by the little things or they're going to catch someone. But that just doesn't pan out, which is lame. But so like a part of me wants to go back and like figure it all out. And then I'm like, you know what? This this movie isn't worth it. It's not like it's not really worth my time. That's mostly how I feel about it. If, if it's like this movie is only going to be good if you do the digging and do a lot of like work and extracurricular activity. I, I'm just to be fair. I also it, think it you're, giving, me you're, enough to, you're giving it like way too much credit. I don't think it's there. Like I re- I don't think this is like a hidden genius where if you like look at it hard enough and long enough, you'll know for sure. I don't think I don't think you will. That I I agree with you, but like there's a part of me that's like, no, they couldn't have done this. Like it's got to be there. I'm just not smart enough. Yeah. It's just that they're they're lazy. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> no, it's no, that's not why. I'm sorry. It's not that they're lazy. That is just not the point of the movie, right? So it's not there. Right. The point is not yeah. to know, right? That's the point. Yeah. Yeah. Although, that's the point is not. I, I did like that one bit where, you know, cause the, the car in the beginning before the, the little things shows up on the screen is blue and they make a very clear, uh, a way for you to see the license plate. So I immediately said, Oh, okay. Four door blue license plate in the memory. Going to look for it now. Never shows up again. You never see it again. In fact, a tan car is one you see next. And then you see Jared Leto's car, which is bright green. But when Denzel goes to look through the window of the green car, Leto comes out, says, oh, I, you know, what are you looking for? Can I help you? He says, yeah, looking to you know, buy your car. And then you see, he says, oh, no, I already sold it. And you see the for sale sign on the ground. And I was going, huh, that's kind of fun. I wonder what car he had. Was it a blue car? Was it a tan car? Have we seen him already in this movie? I don't know. And you, of course, the whole point is not to know. But that was another moment where I said like, oh, OK, yeah. There's something, there's something going on. This movie is anticipating that I'm going to be asking these questions and it's actually introducing those questions to me by showing me things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that stuff's fun. Yeah. Yeah. I suppose that kind of like simulates what it's like to be a detective too, because you're constantly asking like, what's important? Like, like there's all of these, these inputs. Um, which one do I need to, I need, do I need to notice? Which one is like, when Denzel realizes that he has to go upstairs, like the, there's the window across the way and that's why the girl was moved. Um, like he got that one right, but so many other things wrong. Yeah. Seems like. Yeah. yeah. You can't really shoot um, a victim, you know, and come out looking like a good cop. <laughs> yeah. Man. Yeah. You know what? I, I think there are some more conclusive answers that I'm just not getting, maybe not super conclusive, but I can't wait inevitably for some YouTube video, like five years from now, that'll say the little things completely explained. And they'll have like some crazy theories. And I just can't wait for that to happen. I will watch that video, but I won't watch this movie again. 
Oh yeah. And enjoy yourself. <laughs> I will. I will. That'd uh, be great. Speaking of two little things that I thought were absolute garbage, one of the dumbest things that I've ever seen in the history of movies I saw in this movie. There's a scene where they're testing for bite marks. They're measuring the bite marks. And they're looking at a piece of pizza that was thrown away. And they're looking at it and they say, hmm, doesn't match the bite marks because the pizza's unfolded. And then Denzel says, he's from the East Coast. They fold their pizza. I paused the movie and I turned to my wife, who was from Connecticut, born and raised. I said, do you fold your pizza? She goes, almost never. I said, I'm from Wyoming. I always fold my pizza. Bullshit nonsense the way that denzel just so <laughs> confidently says he all east coasters fold their pizza as if it's something that everyone knows it was it's just it's the dumbest thing i've ever heard it's so ridiculous and, yeah. and then this, this well, sorry go ahead okay just to comment on that a little bit i think if you take it as like he's a cop going down the wrong trail i think it's because sometimes he picks up the little things and make comes to the wrong conclusion so like, I think like a stupid I Sherlock think, Holmes. <laughs> yeah, I think I think he can be like a stupid Sherlock Holmes. I think sometimes a detective who's so driven can do dumb stuff like this. And I actually think that's kind of intentional in this movie. I, I might just err on that, giving the movie too much credit, but uh, fair enough. Fair enough. The second stupid thing that I noticed that was little was that we, we see Rami Malek. He says he's born and raised in the valley. Okay. But when he says there's a body, where does he say the body is off of? It's off of 126. 126 what? Are, what are we referring to? Are we referring to 126 bodies this body is also on top of? Are we referring to 126 rocks the body is lying on? Or are we referring to the 126, a highway in Southern California? And if he was from Southern California, he would have said the, because everyone in Southern California refers to highways with the. No one just straight up says the number of the highway. Are you kidding me? No. Nitpicking right here. I am nitpicking. He says he's from the valley. He would say the 126. And he did. In fact, no one refers to highways by the in this whole movie. It's true. It kind of ticked me off. But, you know, it was 30 years ago. This was set 30 years ago. Things have changed. No, you know, it, it could be 30 years, 30 years ago, everyone on the East Coast, before your wife was born, was eating their pizza folded. And then they realized that that was a really good way to identify why, them. Why are, you, <laughs> why are you advocating for this movie? Why are you bending over backwards to help this thing? For, for that. For that, for, for that reaction right there, Vito. Thank you. That, 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 was, that was a bunch of garbage. This is a, this is this is a little thing that pissed me off, and see what you did, what you did right here. All right. Well, uh, any closing thoughts just about this movie before we we move on? I'm really excited to see other movies in 2021. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. That's good. I agree. I agree. That's that was beautifully put. This this stokes my fire to watch other things that are new. <laughs> yes. And other things in general, actually. <laughs> Anything else? <laughs> <laughs> Lots of other things. Oh, man. You know, uh, if you were to recommend a Denzel movie to watch instead of this movie, what would it be? I would say it would be The Hurricane. Uh, this, the is hurricane. Not, this is not a crime thriller, but it is a crime movie. And it does dovetail in a certain way because... The little things is, is talking about this moral choice. You know, they're certain the cops are certain they got their guy, right? And they're doing everything they can 
to pin it on him so much so they kill him for it. And that is the same true story of Ray, the hurricane Carter, who was a boxing well, the welterweight champion of the world who was wrongfully imprisoned for two murders. He didn't commit. And it's, it's a, it's a amazing true story. I mean, Bob Dylan already covered it when he did that song hurricane uh, way back in the day. And it was actually like a, a, a rallying cry uh, for civil rights uh, Denzel Washington stars in this movie, uh, one of the last movies directed by Norman Jewison, and he's he's um, he's incredible in it as as this boxing champion uh, who's risen to the top. But the movie is intercut with his his time spent in prison and trying to get himself freed. It's it's a beautiful movie, a stunning portrayal. Uh, watch that one instead if you want to look at it from the other point of view, right? The other side, someone who cops were after him from day one, and they pinned this on him, and he was the wrong guy. Um, even though he had given them almost almost everything else to believe it could have been him. You know, he's violent. He's been in prison before. He's run away. He's escaped. Um, the Hurricane, incredible movie. Uh, aged beautifully. I would recommend that one. What Cool. That's uh, I, I actually haven't seen that one. So so I will. Uh, that's, that's my next movie. It's on HBO Max right now. So, oh, it's so if, if, if you were going to click on the little things, maybe just search The Hurricane on HBO Max, which you already are on. <laughs> but anyway, I, I wanted to ask you guys where, you know, in the power rankings, all time rankings of Denzel and his movies and his performances, where is this one sitting for you guys? Uh, well, I haven't seen a whole lot of Denzel. Like I've seen handfuls of movies, but like he's such a great actor. I can't imagine him like giving a more half hearted performance than this. So bottom. What do you think, Mike? Yeah, I'd agree. Same towards the bottom for sure. Um, I I haven't seen everything he's done. He's done. He's done a ton. Um, Yeah. But and and I've been fortunate to primarily see his really good stuff. But yeah, definitely not a great movie. Not a great performance. Yeah. This is um, my my wife uh, made a meme about this. And she said, uh, I have been watching movies for 27 years and I've never seen Denzel Washington be so mediocre. And it's true. I, this man usually gives everything that he has. And there are moments where you can see him really doing something, especially with his eyes where he's looking hot hangdog when he's just looking like punched out and that's great. He sells it. But in general, he seems asleep. He just seems, he just seems asleep. Like he was more animated in the Equalizer two, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I do want to say, like, like you said, I mean, he does some incredible stuff with his eyes. He does do he does do some incredible work in this movie, but it just seems to like he's punching punching the clock with it. Like he's just like, I just need to get out of here. I signed on to this. I shouldn't have. I do not like this movie. Yeah. I mean, he also does some weird things, like. I don't think we've talked about the weirdest scene in this movie. At least for me, it's when he's talking to the dead girl on on the the tray or whatever, and it's like, like I can't even remember what he says. He's just really creepy, and it's like I'm not sure based off this portrayal how I'm supposed to feel right now. And I feel like I should be feeling something other than I'm creeped out. But that's all I feel. I wasn't creeped out at that scene. I, that scene and the scene with the angels in his room, like I. I just thought he was he's doing a really good job of being tortured in a, and this is another prop I have to give to the, to the little things here is I, I've never seen that scene played out that way. 
you know, I've seen him be tortured and look at, I've seen many characters be tortured and look at pictures on the walls and beat themselves up, but I've never seen on screen portrayals of them as if they're in the room with him, as he would be seeing them in his mind's eye. And especially not an animated corpse on a gurney. I, I really liked it. I, I, oh, I thought well, it was good. Hold on. Those parts where the corpses come to life, that, that was kind of cool. Uh, no, I'm talking about like, there's a dead girl on the tray. She's not moving. He's just talking to her. Oh, I like that too. I, I don't know. When I, he says I, like, I felt... I'm going to, I'm your, like, doesn't he tell her like, I'm, I'm your angel. I like, I'm going to figure this out for you or something I'm like that. I'm going to figure this out for you. There was just one moment and you should have said yes or something like that. It was really weird. Yeah, Jesse, I actually thought that that kind of went along with what you were saying earlier about sort of the morally ambiguous or just ambiguous nature of the characters in this movie where you're not sure what people's motivations are Um, because it's not really clear what his relationship to young women is. There's a couple of weird scenes that kind of culminate with you realizing that like he's got the ghost of these young women who, who he wasn't able to clear up their crime sort of following him around. Uh, but like the scene when he's driving down the freeway mm. and there's the car full of girls and he like looks at them and they kind of have like a nice interchange, but then it gets creepy. Like it gets <laughs> weird. Like the girl gets creeped out. He doesn't do anything creepy. He doesn't do anything especially weird, but it's like, there's something in his eyes and they keep talking about his eyes. Like your eyes don't look good. You look, it's not like you look sad. It's like, you look bad. Like you do not look like a good human. You look broken and very dark. He's haunted, right? Um, yeah, haunted, but almost more than that. What, what's more than haunted? Like, you've chosen to be haunted. You've chosen sort of an evil well, as, as he says, to, right, to be a part of your life. As he says, like, he, he's, he's haunted by these angels, right? That, that's what he says. He says that they're, they're, they're with him always, and we see that, this company of, of victims around him that he he's contributed to right he's he's a killer himself so there's he's not only like dogged by the specters of an unsolved crime but he's also dogged by his own crime that he's been complicit in and covered up and never received uh punishment for right yeah i think that's i i guess that's what i mean like haunted people can be haunted because they did something bad or because like something bad happened around them He's haunted because he considers himself to be a bad person. He thinks he's a bad person right. and that shines through his eyes. He's got like trauma from that. And, and you see that. And then you kind of like, so you're unclear. You're like, I don't know, maybe this guy who moved out to the boonies is the serial killer, but then you're able to figure out like, no, he, he's not. I think, I, th- I think you're not supposed to think that he is at the end. Um, he's just a, an incredibly broken human. Yeah. I think we've answered just about everything that we got for this movie. Do you guys have any, any, any little things? <laughs> What's up uh, with the rabbit split? Oh yeah. No idea. It's there. It's a red <laughs> rabbit split, much like a red herring. There's a lot of details in this movie that they focused on where I was kind of like, okay, that's, that's something. And then it just, it just never came back in any way. Like, yeah. like he, he finds the knife in Leto's apartment, right? And you're like, okay, there's a knife. And then there's like all the newspaper clippings and you go, okay, there's newspaper clippings. Okay. He's reading Helter Skelter. Like, yeah, he's a creepy guy. I don't know. I don't know what you want from me. You keep giving me details that he's a creepy guy. You know, Uh, it just seems like a lot for, for not much. Like it's a long equation that doesn't equal out into something at the end. Yeah. It's a movie about red herrings. Yeah. That's it. That's it. Honestly, that's the best way to describe it. It's a, 
dark movie about red herrings. It's a it's a movie about dark herrings, if you will. There you go. I don't know. That sounds fishy. <laughs> awesome. Well, I think I think that about wraps it up for all of us here. Uh, as far as we are on the little things, as, as far as Vito says, I say don't bother. But whatever. Jesse, final thought. I mean, not much about the movie. I think I've said everything I wanted to say. I did. I did want to say we are interrupting our normal Hollywood scheduling. And we're going to release one more Hollywood episode. And that's going to be on the Muppets. The Muppet, the Muppet movie. Muppet. The Muppet movie. It's and I'm fantastic. so excited. That one's so much fun. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. Also about L.A. Also about L.A. Sort we've been in a, we've been in L.A. for a long time. <laughs> too long. Too yeah, long. too long. Time to get out. Yeah, we need to do something that makes us go anywhere else in the world. That'd be great. All right, uh, Mike. Mike, anything else from you before we wrap up? I I, I got nothing else, man. Well, uh, from Not Your Father's Movies, I'm Vito. I'm Mike. I'm Jesse. Good night.